probably one of the most catchiest songs ever made. Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. That would be a Texas band, by the way. Created in 1961 and hit the charts in 1965 with Wooly Bully. I had no idea that was a Texas band until fairly recently. Pretty cool, huh? How you doing, everybody? Another episode of Lone Star Voice Podcast. I am Jamin Spidell. I am your host. Uh, to get in touch with us, you can reach us via Twitter at LSV Online. Again, that was at LSV Online. And on Facebook, a simple search for Lone Star Voice will land you right on our page. In this episode, we're going to be talking about some of the pro-life bills that uh, are in this uh, special session. And um, it's kind of a touchy subject for some people, um, but I think uh, if, there, if there's more understanding about what these bills um, are about and what their, you know, what their real basis is, um, I think the mainstream media kind of tends to, um, well, lean to the left as far as um, what the bills really mean. And I got a hold of Texas Right to Life, and uh, I did an interview with John Sego. Uh, <laughs> it was a great interview. I learned a lot. Um, whenever people are talking about pro, pro-life, pro it's usually... Uh, it's mainly, you know, the first thing people think is, oh, they're, they're anti-abortion, they're, they're crazy, and all this stuff. Well, um, I talked to John, and he kind of explained uh, these bills to me and outlined um, what they're really wanting from these bills. Um, and so, without further ado, this is my interview with uh, John Segoe. From TexasRightToLife.com. All right, we're here with John Sego with TexasRightToLife.com. How you doing, John? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Thank you for taking the time. Um, can you tell us what Texas Right to Life, what the mission is with the website? Because a lot of people may not know. Uh, yeah. So Texas Right to Life is uh, the largest and oldest statewide pro-life organization uh, that spearheads the legislative efforts in the capital, and we also have um, a big presence around the state in our pro-life scholarship program of giving scholarships to college students that uh, start and lead the pro-life groups on their campus. So having that pro-life conversation on their campus, spreading the pro-life message, and then engaging in the cultural conversation and then, of course, uh, things like the legislative session for for college students. So uh, we have a couple of apartments. I'm I'm head of our legislation department, so I deal more with uh, all the shenanigans that happen (laughs) under the big pink dome here in Austin. God bless you there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's great. I didn't know about the scholarships. That's – what do you have to do to to get involved with that? I mean – if, if let's just say um, I'm at University of Texas, how would I? I mean, 
what do you have to do? Do you have to be in a, a club or, or what? Yeah, so we've got a uh, an application process. You can find texturebytelife.com. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for every semester, they we have uh, kind of um, a lot of applications that come in for the scholarship, and there's mm-hmm. interview process and uh, kind of goes from there. And we have 90, um, you know, fellows, 90 kind of scholarship recipients around the state mm-hmm. leading their pro-life groups on campus. And we have a couple on the big campuses like UT you mentioned and like A&M mm-hmm. uh, have, uh, you know, it, it's a bigger campus and needs more more people leading the pro-life effort there. And uh, so it's, it's a phenomenal program, and you can find more about it at com. But we do, you know, we don't just throw money at them and, and mm-hmm. hope that they're doing a good job. We give them the training to be effective on their campus. We uh, engage in kind of educating them on the issues as well as some of just logistics, how to be an effective group, right. and then uh, help, help them with resources, help them make sure they get, like, Speakers, if they want to bring in a speaker or have a debate or, right. you know, show up to pro-life movie night, you know, I'm sure that they can spread that pro-life message, have that good conversation on their campuses. Because as you know, mm-hmm. our campuses are kind of leaning the other way. They're only hearing one side of the story when it comes to important issues like uh, the pro-life cause. And so uh, this is really a great, a great force, and it helps me do my job when we have the next generation that's more educated voters right. as well as a lot of these scholarship guys you know they get um they get into the legislature they you know start getting involved in government so that's that's what i need to be able to pass strong legislation is that education base <laughs> hot dog that's a great i mean man man that's that's awesome i've never heard of that and uh, i'm going to be following up on that one i appreciate that um <laughs> absolutely okay so there are uh four bills in the new session that uh Governor Abbott wants to he wants to pass these bills now can you tell me the two that you're really behind that um, let's see the pro-life health insurance reform and the do not resuscitate retes- da, 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 resuscitate order reform. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah okay. yeah so so it was uh, we were delighted uh, we were shocked and uh, but but delighted to see the governor uh, really engaged the legislature in this special session call. Um, you know, he he saw that they were willing to walk away from the legislative session without addressing these pressing pro-life needs. Right. And so what he did is he said, you know, get back over here, you know, get back to the session and finish some of this, un, uh, you know, this, uh, this missed opportunities to protect life. And so there are actually four pro-life items, and as you mentioned, two of them, our Texas Right to Life bills, two of them are priorities for us. The first one, pro-life health insurance reform. Mm-hmm. This is SB8 by Brandon Creighton, House Bill 214 by John Smithy. Um, this, what this does is this removes elective abortion from default insurance plans throughout the market. And so when you and your family go to get their, your health insurance, uh, that, that in, abortion is not going to be kind of kind of hiding in there it's not going to be that abortion coverage is not going to be in there um and you know this is kind of a no-brainer for a state like texas where the majority of texans are pro-life the majority of texans they don't want they don't need insurance coverage for elective abortion and so you know uh, what it does is it doesn't ban it it just says it's going to be supplemental if you want that it's got to opt into it and in a state like texas that's kind of the way we should do it is let's do an opt-in system 
and uh, people who want abortion coverage can still get it. Um, you know, we're not the first, unfortunately, kind of a shame to us, we're not the first state to do this. We're actually, uh, we have 25 other states that have already passed this type of legislation and said, you know, we're going to uh, remove it from the default health care plans. Right. And uh, it's kind of a no-brainer for, for a state like Texas. Right. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, okay, now moving on to the, uh, I guess, let's take order reform. Now, this is yeah. kind of interesting because what is, the, what is the, the basis on this? Issues. So this is, yeah, this is, you know, this is surprising to some people who see our agenda. Um, you know, t- to be pro-life is not just to be against abortion. Uh, to be pro-life is, is that you value the dignity and the worth of every individual human being. And so at Texas Right to Life, we look and we say, well, where is innocent human life being threatened? Well, obviously, we have 54,000 elective abortions in Texas every year. That is a huge threat to innocent human life, but that's not the only threat we see. We've seen uh, patients' rights is a new kind of uh, neglected front of the pro-life movement where patients, vulnerable patients, the disabled, the elderly, the sick, are being abused in our own hospitals, uh, in our medical facilities, mm-hmm. and in certain ways that a lot of Texans are absolutely shocked by, and you don't really know about it until your loved one is the is the patient or you're the patient. And, this, uh, so there's a couple of areas this happens in. One of the areas is do not resuscitate orders. Now, a do not resuscitate order is an important medical document that uh, a patient decides they do not want CPR. They do not want the paddles, the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that kind of intervention if they, if they need it. If, um, and so what, what happens here is a do not resuscitate order tells the medical staff don't do CPR. Um, and let that individual pass away naturally. And that's appropriate in some situations. If you have an ailing one, uh, loved one who, you know, is, is elderly, is fragile, uh, is, you know, is in the dying process, ready to pass away naturally, right. um, that's a decision that they can make with their family. Right. And the do not, order, do not resuscitate order is part of that. Well, what we saw in Texas is we had secret DNRs. We had forced DNRs uh-huh. around Texas where patients – we're not the ones making that decision. Uh, physicians were making that decision for the patient. Yeah, that's dangerous. And forcing this on them. And, and so we had families that found these do not resuscitate orders in their, the medical files of their loved ones, and they said, what's going on here? We didn't authorize this. And after we kind of figured out and helped uh, families, we serve as patient advocates, so we helped a bunch of families through this, mm-hmm. we started looking through the law and found well, that's the reason. The law is absolutely silent when it comes to do not resuscitate orders in a hospital. So it's kind of a big gap yeah. of our law. We talk about DNRs in an out-of-hospital setting, like a nursing home, but right. once you go through those double doors of your local hospital, the, the law is silent, and there's been a lot of abuses. Now, not every doctor, I hear a lot like, oh, well, not my doctor or not my hospital. No, no, not every hospital, not every doctor, there's good you know, uh, medical professionals out there that are still following the Hippocratic Oath, right. still, uh, you know, still progressing their pro-life values by saving lives. Um, but unfortunately, that's not the, the rest of the state. We've seen some bad actors, and that's what we have the law for. Right. Not for everybody, yeah. people, you know. Uh, it's but, kind of but amazing that actors. it's kind of amazing that after, you know, our <laughs> our time on this earth, 
and there's still a loophole there. You know what I mean? It just seems like yeah. we would, uh, you know, promote life, and you know, it just seems like a weird, you know, I, w- I if I did. If I wasn't studying up on this, I would never know about that. And if I were, you know what I mean? And so that's why we're, of course, that's the reason why we're doing this. We're trying to get the message out and let everybody know what's going on. And it's just amazing that we have to do this, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And that's the response of most Texans. Is we tell them, they say, no way, no way. They don't believe it because it's so straightforward. With such a life-and-death decision, like a do-not-resuscitate order, Mm -hmm. uh, you would think this is just a no-brainer. But unfortunately, I hate to tell you, when we get into the Capitol on this bill, it's still a controversy. We're going to have a hearing on this one tomorrow in the Senate, and I'm going to have some health care facilities that are up there fighting me tooth and nail because they don't want patients to be empowered like this. They think they know better than the patient. They know better than the... uh, than the family making that important life and death decision. And that, you know, that is uh, exactly. shocking to most Texans, but unfortunately we got to pass the law for not the majority of the regular, uh, you know, uh, the regular right. <laughs> common uh, Texans. We got to do it for these bad actors that are really pushing, uh, pushing the, uh, some an anti-life uh, ethic and uh, really violating the rights of these patients. It's almost like you, <laughs> it's almost like you're, uh, <laughs> We're having to pass bills just to live, to, for pro-life. I mean, that's just crazy. You know, when you sum it down, you know, and just look at the simplicity of, of what you're talking about, you would think that, that you know, that's a no-brainer. You, you should always fight for life and, until, and let the family or the person decide for themselves, you know. Uh, it's just, that's crazy. Okay, we're going to move along. <laughs> that, 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 that's just mind-boggling. Okay, um, Reporting on abortion and complications. Um, can you just kind of run through that one? And what is yeah, that? Yeah, so this is, this is a, a, good, a good pro-life bill that, again, I, I would think it's common sense. I think it would be some middle ground, but it's, da- it's just data collection. Right. What we're doing here is uh, we have some gaps in Texas law as to what type of information our Department of State House has when it comes to injuries complications caused by an elective abortion. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this bill clarifies that the type of data that we're going to collect once a woman shows up in an emergency room um, and it's evident that she was injured by an abortionist, that she had an uh, an abortion and that, you know, caused uh, this this injury, this complication, we need to make sure the department knows that. And what's happened over the last few decades in this culture war is our opponents make some crazy claims, like the fact they, you know, they, they have this talking point that an abortion is, is so much more safe, is so much safer than uh, a, an abortion. Mm-hmm. And, or sorry, an abortion is mo- so much more safe than uh, a live birth, right. going actually having your child. And they make these crazy claims with some, sta- with some statistics because we don't collect data appropriately. So we kind of we muddy the water with uh, our statistics and our public health data, and this is a bill to try to clean some of that up. Um, there's two bills on this one. One of them is also to enforce some other pro-life laws to kind of get some more data on how some other pro-life laws are doing when it comes to minors specifically seeking abortion mm-hmm. uh, or uh, abortions in the case of the child having a uh, disability. 
And so, you know, more data, and that's the kind of thing where even our Democrat friends should be okay with that. We want to, you know, w- what's wrong with knowing the truth? What's wrong with really knowing what's right. going on in Texas? Sounds like a, it that would be a bipartisan us. kind of bill, if you would think. <laughs> you would think so, but uh, if you spend any time in the dome, under the dome, you know that there is no middle ground in this culture war. There okay. is no safe zone. It's either <laughs> right. you, you are supporting abortion uh, and you are against every pro-life bill or, uh, you know, you're on our side and, and you're, you're protecting innocent human lives. So, unfortunately, uh, I could not get any bipartisanship um, or I, 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 I and should fix that. I, I get bipartisanship with the pro-life Dems. We do have a couple of pro-life Dems, but those Democrats that uh, are pro-abortion, I couldn't even get them on this data collection. Not even banning anything, prohibiting anything, just right. getting more information. They were not okay with that one. And then the last one is the defunding bill. The last one on the call, the fourth pro-life mm-hmm. issue, is codifying some rules we have in our budget about sending, uh, sending state money to the abortion industry. Mm-hmm. That's something we've been working on since 2011. Um, we, you know, it's, it's uh, Planned Parenthood, the abortion industry, has had its long tentacles all throughout our state budget, and it's taken a while to remove each and every one. I mean, they were in programs all over our budget, right. and we've slowly been taking them out of each program, kind of uh, playing whack-a-mole. You know, when we find them in this program, we apply some language there. We find them in this program over there, we apply pro-life language to this. And it's been a, a long process, but now we're going to uh, put the language, some good overarching language, into law, so codify it, not just in our budget. It helps us enforce it, uh, and also we're going to apply this rule not just to state money but to local taxes. So your state, your uh, city and county government so they can't go around will it. not be they yeah they won't be able to you know essentially uh, y- you know turn their back on on the intent of the state or their pro life voters and say well we're just going to use local tax dollars to send to uh, Planned Parenthood or the abortion industry, and that's what we've seen uh, in some of the major urban uh, areas of the state is that these very liberal city mm-hmm. city uh, councils are going around looking for sneaky ways to give contracts to the abortion industry using your taxpayer dollars to benefit the abortion industry, and that is inconsistent with Texas values. That's inconsistent with the uh, pro-life intent of the legislature. So um, putting that in law will definitely help local, uh, you know, the, the local citizens hold their city councils accountable right. to the pro-life convictions that motivate them. Does it kind of give you an idea of where we are at politically when um, we're actually passing bills to reinforce the law? Isn't that kind of <laughs> – you know what I mean? It, it just seems like there's an abnormal amount of bills that are just there to enforce another law, you know, to make sure right. that we're we're – you know, toe to line, and that's just uh, yeah. crazy. And, and that that's why, you know, we have a, a five-member lobby team up in Austin. Is it, It's a lot of work. You would think in a state like Texas, we're so pro-life. Right. You know, why, why is it so hard? Why does it take so much effort? Well, it's things like this. You know, the devil's in the details. we got to make sure we don't just look good on paper, but we're actually enforcing the laws, our rules department rules, the bureaucrats that actually implement the, the uh, law whenever the legislature goes home, that they're not messing anything up. You'd be surprised at how many ways a good pro-life bill could, uh, could go 
could go wrong if uh, we don't have vigilant eyes on it. So yeah. thankfully, I'm, I'm thankful that's, that's my job. That's our job at Sex Direct Life. We get to uh, kind of be, you know, that spear edge of the pro-life movement here in the legislature, um, just like there's other parts of the pro-life movement around the state. Right. Man, <laughs> I think that I think our time is up, and I, I have to say, this is the first time I've ever heard this as the state capitol is known as the Dome. I'm ready for you to start calling it the Thunderdome, you know. <laughs> oh, well, some days it seems like I, that. I you think know what? This, uh, this special session is going gonna, is gonna to be some fireworks, right. and, uh, you know, next week. So that might be a more appropriate title for it. Yeah, that's, uh, that kind of that sums it up, if you ask me. But, uh, John, <laughs> I appreciate you uh, taking the time for the interview. Um, again, TexasRightToLife.com. And uh, I hope to talk to you again, and I, I hope everything works out for you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'll make a plug for our uh, Facebook and Twitter. Oh, we'll have updates in the next 30, 30 days during this uh, legislative session. Do you know We're your Twitter? We're here. We'll try to get. Oh, I'm sorry. Go uh, ahead. So we've got, yeah, yeah. So we've got, uh, we've got a couple of them. A couple of our members are on there, but uh, the the official place to follow us is going to be the Texas Right to Life. So TX right to life okay. um that's our twitter handle that's where we really send the kind of uh, blow by blow kind of moment by moment updates you know this legislator just said this on the floor this just happened if you want more of a summary you can follow us on facebook mm-hmm. uh, texas right to life.com and then uh of course if you're just looking for the official statement that's right. all at texas right to life.com so and you know where to find us uh next 30 days we're excited to get some wins for the pro-life movement we know we're going to be uh, working with conservatives like yourself yep. to get these things across the finish line. And by the way, the uh, Twitter handle does a great job of doing uh, the blow by below, uh, you know, what's going on with with what's going on right now. So uh, I, I, I'm i sitting there, got my eyes glued to Twitter the whole time during session. So uh, it's a great handle, and uh, I encourage everyone to uh, follow up. And thank you again, John. I really do appreciate it. And I hope to talk to you soon again. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. Take it easy. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. And if you'd like to get in touch with us via social media, on Twitter, we are at LSV online. Again, that was at LSV online. And if you do a simple search on Facebook for Lone Star Voice, you should land right on our page. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.